Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Brand new I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast is coming up next. Listen, this is the essence of what podcasting is all about. It's the return of the shooter, the young shooter, Dean Collins, to the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Can a shooter shoot? Can a skeeter skeet? Me and Dean got to go to the Bay Area, got to go to Oakland, San Francisco, hang out for 48 hours. We had front row seats. Okay, we got to go to the Golden State Warriors practice. We met Steph, we met Draymond, we met KD, we met Coach Kerr, we met the entire Golden State Warriors team and staff. Then we got to go to the game. Okay, they played the New York Knicks. And Dean Collins had the privilege, first time in his life, of learning what it's like to share a hotel with me, Michael Rappaport, for 48 hours. It was a beautiful trip to the Bay Area. Then I also got six-time Pro Bowler, okay, Gerald McCoy from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, defensive tackle. He's feared and respected by every single quarterback in the NFL. He breaks down what it's like to chase Cam Newton, to tackle Tom Brady, and what it takes to stay in shape as a defensive beast of the NFL and a Tampa Bay Buccaneer savage, true blue savage. Then... 
Me and G Moody, last name rhymes with duty, are going to do our thing. We're giving the Wonder Bread bag treatment to two special victims and so much more. It's a smash mouth, all everything, all pro, pro bowl. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast with me, the young shooter, Dean Collins, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Gerald McCoy, and closing the show, G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. Miles, let me get something funky. All right, brand new Buttersoft I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirts are available at store.barstoolsports.com. You wanted it. I wanted it. We are introducing the very first Stickman Hall of Fame t-shirt. Oh, it's a thing of beauty. It's Buttersoft, the Stickman Hall of Fame t-shirt. Okay, and of course we have the You Fuck You t-shirt, the World Famous Sucker Shit t-shirt, the Gringo Mandingo t-shirt, the Rapmatic t-shirt, and all I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast products at store.barstoolsports.com. I mean, who doesn't want a World Famous Stickman Hall of Fame t-shirt? And you know it's butter soft. Go to store.barstoolsports.com now. Test, test, test. Test, hey, hello. Test, one, two, one, two. All right. The people have been wondering where he is. Uh, The shooter, the young shooter, Dean Collins, is with me on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Michael. So, uh, as some of you may have already seen on my social media and Dean's, um, we took a trip to the Yay area, the Bay. Yes. Um, we went up there uh, to uh, possibly uh, sniff around doing some business uh, in the Yay area. And of course, if you're in the Bay area during basketball season, well, you got to deal with the Golden State Warriors. You, you got to go see the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and we we did it to the highest degree. But before we get to the Golden State Warriors, yes, uh, Dean, we've never bunked down together not in one room and i didn't think that we were going to we were going to have one room together i we thought had we one gonna... room two beds right one big room with two beds yes but you might as well i mean you treated it as just that was your room no i wasn't really no, even no i considered. said which bed do you want and you took the one over there and mm. i said i said i want the one closest to the bathroom which turned out to be a great idea <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, I, definitely because that room started to uh to uh smell like a sewer by uh, day 2 <laughs> And um, that was one of the worst decisions of my life because I was like, "Oh, cool, you know, we'll share a room. That's no big deal." Yeah, like in and out, not a big yeah, deal. Not a big Two deal. guys, you know, right. in a room. Moody's done it for years. We've bunked right. down. Right. I try to avoid it. I'd like my own room, my own space, my own privacy. You did say that before the trip, and I thought that was going to happen where we would have two. Separate I thought rooms. we were going to have two rooms. I didn't. I didn't try to trick you, and like it wasn't like I was trying to like fucking like I, come up there. It's going to be separate rooms, and next thing you know, you're like I was locked in that room, and and and. There was just there was a lot of smells and and uh, let's just say after uh, after about ten hours of being in there, I, I would have probably paid a grand out of my own pocket to just get a get a separate room. But you didn't leave. I didn't leave. Hashtag you didn't leave. A hashtag I didn't leave. Hashtag um, you didn't leave. I stayed. Yes. And uh, yes, the smells, the snoring, the coughing, uh, the phlegm. There was just uh, it was just um, a, a wide variety a of cacophony. Uh, what what is cacophony? It? Do you know what that means? Yeah, it's like a like a 
a bunch of different sounds, a concophony, yes. concophony of sounds. I like that word, bro. That's sick. All right, let's get to it. Sure. So, and I just want to clarify, we were not in San Francisco because I've been getting a lot of hate saying, had a great trip up to San Francisco. We, we did visit San Francisco, but people go, you're in Oakland, you dumb motherfucker. Uh, you got to be hold, very hold careful. Duke, 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 Duke. These people, we know where the fuck we're at. Thank and if you. we want to say our trip was to San Francisco, maybe we landed in the San Francisco airport. You don't know where the fuck we landed. How do you know where we were? Who's this? Someone on Instagram? It's just a bunch of people who are like, yo, you got to change it. Listen, no, we, we flew to change both, shit, Duke. We flew into San Francisco and we walked the streets of San Francisco. And then we flew, actually slept in Berkeley yes. and flew out of Oakland Airport. So you tell us where the trip is. Yeah, why is. don't you fucking tell us where we went? Anyway, sorry about that. I just had to get that one off my chest uh, regarding the location. All right, so. I've had a couple of these experiences in the past, and I promised myself from the beginning, I never want to make them redundant because I never want to not be totally hyped and totally excited out of my tree. So, I'm not going to tell you how. Listen, I'm the Gringo Man Dingo. I'm Michael Rapport. You, you do the math on how the fuck I got invited <laughs> to the Golden State Warriors practice. You figure it out. Get I don't need to give you all the, all, all the details. <laughs> yeah, tell them, bro. Tell them. <laughs> yeah, bro, tell them. So. No, but let's give him some of the details. We don't need to tell him how we got to the practice. I'm Michael Rappaport. I'm the guy that shows up with the broom at the finals. And the plunger. With the, at the finals. Right. Like, I, I'm like, you know, I'm beloved and hated by, by some players. in the. you don't need to say that, bro. Okay, we know forget that. that. Forget that. So. They they were playing the Knicks. Yes, your New York Knicks. My New York Knicks. And they had a shoot-around, which a shoot-around is different than a practice because a shoot-around is really just that. You sort of go through the motions. You go through some sets. You, 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 get, a, you get a little sweat, and it's, it's not an intensive practice. So we get to the practice just when the players got to the practice, just when they were getting in the gym we get to the gym. Early a.m., yeah. We, we 10 a.m. We picked up our coffee and hot chocolate, and we, we were, were in there. And I was elated. I was excited. I was pumped. I've never seen that, that look in your eye ever, I don't think. Like, like, for real, I don't think I've ever seen you so, like, you were fangirling. Like, you had, like, a twinkle in your eye. As and, I should. And that was just getting to the, to the practice facility. And that was when we were first, see, at, at, at the facility there, we, we were first, we were high up. Like it was like a balcony level. We were we were sharing it with other kids. Yeah, there were a bunch there. of kids there. Yes, from um, from the community, and and it was us. And and I gotta be honest, I was like, nah, mm. you know, I, the kids, you like, they've never been here. Right. Me, I, I need to get on that fucking wood. You I need to, to get, get on, on the, the floor. Wood. I need to go sit because we're on the balcony. And right. let's let's keep it real. The players are like, yo, Mike, yo, they, they go, see me. They see you. And then I even saw one of the players go over to to, to Coach Kerr, Mr. Kerr, Steve Kerr, and he tapped me. He said, yo, look at that guy over there. And then he turned around and went, oh shit, yeah. So it was kind of this like we're up high. They're excited to see me, and I'm freaking out to see them. Right, we were like watching like an opera up there. It was like we didn't we didn't want to be. Now we need to come down on that. We need to, that, come down we need to, to be on the court, like right there on the court. So just to tell you what we're seeing at at an NBA um, shoot around. First, this is what it's what happens. The guys are like stretching out. They're doing a light light jogs to warm mm. up their bodies. Then they shoot. They do shooting drills like mm. repetition. Oh, all of them: Steph Curry, mm-hmm. Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, the whole group. Then they do some more like running, like they're, they're doing the three-man weave, basic basketball drill, full-court three-man weave. Then they do some quick offensive sets real loose. 
Um, then Real they, loose because I have to say I, I did see Steph uh, and a couple of the other players. I think they were so comfortable with their practice that they began to uh, kick the basketballs like like kickball. Like they were having fun at that point. Like yo, check it's this a out. very loose practice. There's Real music loose. playing. They're playing hip hop in the in the spot. At yep. one point, we're not sure what he did. He might have went to get his ankles taped. Uh, but Clay Thompson oh, oh, right. seemed to go like I, I, like it felt like a bathroom break. Like he went somewhere and then came back ten minutes later. And yeah. Usually, like during practice, like that kind of thing. I don't think he was getting his. He, he was walking funny, like underneath the balcony. Like he kind of looked up and looked up. It came back I, about I ten minutes. Him, like I don't know if he dropped a deuce or not. Not my business. It was, yeah, it was. But like, we did say, "Yo, was was it number one or number two? Clay? We, we didn't like, say that to him, but that was what me and Dean were. So anyway, did. so so they do this sort of loose thing, which is about a half an hour. Then they go. Uh, come on down. So we're, we're like fucking gacked up. So we're like going down to the court yeah. and we're like right there and right in front of us is Andre Iguodala, David West, uh, uh, Draymond Green is on the other court shooting around and literally five feet in front of us, Steph Curry is working out with a ball boy and, a, and, and one of the coaches. And just to tell you what it's like being Steph Curry and the repetition and the, the honor it is to go to an NBA practice. We as fans think that these guys are just showing up and doing mm-hmm. what they're doing. We watch Steph Curry go from spot to spot. Mm-hmm. The, the corner, the elbow, the top of the key, corner, um, elbow corner. The five spots around the three-point line. Yes. Make, make 15 shots from each spot. He couldn't move until – because at one point the, the coach said that's only 12. And oh, he had yeah. to make 15. This is after practice. So he made 15 from each spot, which is – 15 times 5 is what? I mean, you do the math. 150? Uh, 5, 10, 15, 20. 125 shots he made from threes. Yeah, they were, I think there was one point where I heard the coach say, if you don't get to 15, you're not having lunch. They didn't say that. I, I, I thought that he said that. You thought you point. heard the coach say I, to I, Steph. I, I thought at one point I heard him say, that was 12. You need to hit 15. If you don't hit, hit 15, you're not having lunch. Can today. you confirm that? We don't fact check on the beautiful, on the I am Rapper Serial podcast. Beautiful. But you haven't been on the podcast in a while, but you you haven't lost a step. Thank so, you. So 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 the point that I'm making is number one, it took him about 15 minutes to do the whole thing. Oh yeah. And and he did the whole thing with a smile on his face. It was effortless. He wasn't he wasn't sweating. No no no. He made those 125 three point shots in about 15 minutes, and it was easy work. Clay Thompson is on the court down on the other side of the of the, of the gym, and he's such a mystery, bro. No, I I can't figure him out. He seems cool, but it's like. He's in his own world over there. He's quiet. It's like, I don't he's know what he's He's with two coaches, doing. full sweat. Yes. Doing shooting drills by himself. You know, step back threes, step back from the elbow. Every sort of fucking little, little, little sequence you could think of he's by himself. It. Steph, I mean, Clay Thompson. And the, the point that I'm making is like, these guys treat this like a craft. They're professional basketball players. They don't just show up at Oracle Arena no. or show up in the finals. Like, they're shooting and shooting and shooting. David West is doing his drills. Looney is down there doing his drills. KD McGee is, is in front of us. JaVale McGee thing. had a full fucking workout in front of us. And I'm going to get to JaVale McGee in a second. Sure. So then, the first person who we have conversation with walks right over to us, Steph Curry. Walked just, right... Just, just casually, while he's shooting at these, walks right over to me and Dean, and he says, what's up with the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast? And I'm going to tell you something, guys. That was the first thing out of his mouth. He said, I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. What's up with the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast? Now, I, I, you remember the Jamie Foxx bit about Prince? 
And he says, you know, when you're around Prince, this is when he was living. He's like, on Living Color? No, when he was stand-up. Oh, okay. He, he, did, he did a bit about Jamie Foxx. He's like, you don't want to look him in the eyes. because if, if Oh, you look, right. When you're with Steph Curry, you, you don't want to look him in the eyes. First of all, if he ever uh, uh, doesn't want to play basketball anymore, he should be a Noxzema model. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was saying to you, like, uh, his skin is perfect. Yeah, I thought he could have been a Neutrogena model. No, no problem. I mean, the Absolutely. guy. He, he, and he's he, so chill. He's so chill. He's, he's flawless. Uh, you know, and no, we're do you say no Bruno we're not, after yeah, that? We're, no, you don't even have to say it because it's like, he's Steph Curry. He's my height. He's not taller than me. He's my height. I he's, think he was shorter than you. I swear to you. Maybe a half inch. But we, like, he's my height. Right. He's just so fucking chill, so casual. And like, I can't look him in the face. And let me take the reins like, from I'm, here. I don't know if I can't look him in the face because I'm like afraid I'm going to fall in love with him. Like, yeah, I don't was, know what it, the fuck was going right. on. You, you, you. Is it his star power? Because I'm like, yo, there's fucking Steph Curry. Like, he's right in front of you. And he's coming over saying what's up to me. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, you, uh, you know, me and him were having a moment. And we're just all, uh, the three of us, just, just talking talking like regular guys and you know yeah i'm starstruck but i could keep it together you you couldn't look him in the eye and you look like a a starstruck bitch um and and i swear at one moment i looked at your hands and it looked like your hands were shaking was my fucking hand shaking you were trembling a little bit i'm I'm not gonna front listen i never seen that look on you ever with anybody you've met everybody under the fucking sun i've never seen you look at someone the way that you couldn't look at him and i was like yo man get your shit together i'm like it was getting embarrassing it was fucked up it was fucked up with steph curry because i'm just such a fan is and he's so unassuming and it was just it was it was bugged out and he's looking at me and, and under my breath he's talking about the knicks and under my breath i'm like you can i was like you're, you're gonna crush him tonight just under my breath and he goes and he looked at me he was like what was that and he's laughing he didn't know what the fuck he, he said what was that well he was laughing and i said i was just saying you're gonna shut him down tonight and he gave me a high five he said that's right we were born i was like whoa man this guy is like really chill really Real humble, chill. really cool then we um we saw our guy kd oh that's our friend yeah we chilled with him we fuck with KD. KD. KD's like our guy. Like he came over to us and he and like he said, "You guys good? You good?" I, he, he gave me this handshake. And, and when he's when the, at practice, he's a different person. And you know what? I just want to say, you know when the handshakes can get awkward, and then the and then the handshake can connect. When you get that handshake, you don't know what the other person's gonna do. It could be a pound. It could be an awkward thing. It was like me and KD every single time, foolproof. We hit that handshake and it connected. And I got to say something. Everybody was real smitten with Dean. Like everybody, either they knew you from the gram or they're just so cool. Like a lot of times, like, you know, people will be like, oh, they're just like, and they don't care about who you're with, right. whether it's your wife. They were your, talking your, to me. They were like, what's up with Dean? Like they were, uh, Steve Kerr came over. I've never met him. I'm bugging out off of Steve Kerr because of course I, I hated him when he played for the Bulls. Right. I told him that. You got to tell him. I told him to his face. First thing I said was in the first 90 seconds. I said, when you were with the Bulls, not not right. cool. Like, I wasn't with it. I wasn't like, ah, Steve Kerr, I fuck with you now. I wanted to get that out of the way. He knows. You, I, you I, said, I said, old hate never dies. Yeah, I, I said that, did say that I said, actually. old hate never dies, Steve. So we're cool now. He's, he said he was a fan of mine. I said, that's cool. But old hate never dies. Doesn't that mean... Meaning that, that like we're cool now. There's still? a little piece of me that if we started talking about the '90s Bulls and the Knicks, I'm gonna turn and I'm not gonna be so excited to okay. be at the practice. Respect. I think he respected. He that He understood too. that. And um, Draymond. He, I mean, he, we're like I'm like I've met Draymond before. We we talked about meeting and talking to Draymond at the Mayweather uh, McGregor fight. 
right. talked about it. Him and but 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 when you're at the practice and like they're in their Golden State Warriors shit and there's no fans around and they're fucking just finished playing. I'm like, how was I with Draymond? You were also like a starstruck little bitch. You, th- that's- uh, I mean, I, listen, man, I'm not trying to like blast you on your own podcast, but I was just like, yo, what up? Another one, like, like we connected on the handshake, and Draymond was a lot shorter than I thought. Which yes. was very surprising to me. He looks so much fucking taller. He plays bigger. But I, I, like I said, I, I'm really I mean, not... I mean, he's short in terms of like he's... I think right. Draymond's 6'6". Six, six. Right. Six, he six. looks shorter. He's 6'6". Right. Six, six. Whatever. We're he's not, not counting He's inches. not taller than 6'6". Six, six. Let's just put it that way. No, he's definitely not. He's not that tall. He's not. But and, it's not an insult. I, no, I'm just no, saying, no. When I first saw him, I was tripping out because he plays so big and he's such a big presence and he rebounds and he talks shit. He, and he's such a big presence when you watch. We could talk about all this, but I just want to clarify that there is video footage of this online. So if you go, oh, they didn't meet Steph. Oh, no, they didn't meet Draymond. No, they, didn't, they didn't have that connect with their hands and stuff. It is online. It, it is it, online. You can go, you can look you it can up. go research that. Everything the surface. Warriors do in 2018 is documented. Right. And yes, we are in those videos. So, so then JaVel McGee, who uh, is such a dope, Nice dude. I got to do his show. He's got a, a show on, on Kevin Durant's YouTube page. And I don't know when my episode is dropping, but I assured him. I said, I know you've had some good guests. My episode's going to be the best, JaVale McGee. Just, just to tell you about NBA players, JaVale McGee worked out for an hour straight with a trainer, full sweat. Mm-hmm. And he's the only person that I think can rock a rat tail in 2018 and somehow make it decent he made it work uh, he made it work he's I, got a rat tail and it's like broken into three little pieces and like he cover yeah and he like covers it with the headband and then like when he wants to tuck it he tucks it when but it then wants he lets to let it, it yeah go. he lets you like give like, it a little that's air cool. yeah like give, give it some air after but the he game. worked out with, with 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 a coach and a ball boy full full sweat oh yeah like working on every like single not even move. looking at us every Different single dude at he's practice. totally focused like they're not fucking around and clay thompson is still shooting at the other end right like clay thompson i think shot around for an hour by himself and I'm not talking about shooting around like, oh, I'm going to go to the park and shoot around. With a guy rebounding it, it's like, well, the pace he, is like he this. took that 10 minute break in the bathroom, and I think they made him work that much harder when he came back to that you, break. You, yes, exactly. So we were fucking giddy. Uh, yes. We hung out, we got to shoot free throws. Uh, uh, met the whole team. I think uh, we, we we came back to the hotel after that, and and we were we were literally just on such a high. We had to nap. We 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 had to literally. We took we both napped because we were going to go to the game that the, night. The adrenaline. It was like we had like an adrenaline. Like we went. Whoom. Yeah, it was like a coffee crash without the coffee. Without was, the coffee, it was like a Golden State Warriors Steph Curry crash. Yes. Yes. The point is, is that it was an incredible experience, and then we went to the game, we got to the game an hour early, and lo and behold, all the Golden State Warriors are out there shooting around some more. Saying what's up, like, oh, yo, what's going on, but, guys? But, but the point that I'm trying to give is that, like, Oh, they're again, still going. They're fucking practicing. The Knicks are out there. Our guy, Jared Jack, yep. he's out there. Yep. Joakim Noah, full sweat before the game, half oh, yeah. hour with the coach. I mean, these guys are fucking, they're professional basketball yes. players. And, and just, I have such respect and such admiration. And when you get to see it up close, it's a whole different thing. And it was just a, it was a dope trip. Um, we we watch the Warriors play. We watch KD play. And maybe when you see Lonzo in person, you'll have a different perspective on him too. Just I'm the sure way he that puts he... it. Listen, if you're the worst player in the NBA or the best player in the NBA, you put in that. You still putting it. You still putting it in. I respect Lonzo. I respect anybody. No, in I know you do. I know you do. Um, I'll share one little tidbit. So so Let's after the game, uh, again, so all the players, literally, literally, one, one by one, the entire. Mm-hmm. 
the entire team. The bench, the starters, every, we're, we're everybody. In, we're in the parking lot. We're like, oh, shit. Like, we're friends at this point, though. Yeah, you say they're, they're not even... They're not even... At this point, I'm sort of like, you guys are taking Michael Rapport for granted. Like, I kind of like it better yeah. when you're excited to see me. Yes. Like, I don't know if they were thinking, like, what at this point, like, what the fuck are you doing here? I don't think that was the vibe. And I, I would tell you if that was the vibe, but I, I think it was like... Oh shit! Okay, they're here again. Like, let's go say what's up to them. It was very much like, okay, like, like I consider Kevin Durant to Kevin be like, he's like, like our guy. He's like a brother to me at this. He's point. not like a. I don't think he would consider you I, a brother. I don't. I, he, I, I, don't, I think he would consider me a good friend at this. point. I don't think he consider you a good friend. I there, see, there like a, he met this guy Dean with mm, Rappaport. Like, I, like you're talking about brother and good. No, friends. I was just saying there was one point. Like where I'm I said, saying what? I, I, there was one point. He where definitely I said, like he was cool with you, but no, like, he was your brother. He was ex. He was extra cool with me, and there was one point where I said, yo, man, thank you so much for having us over here. Um, when you're in L.A., we should all chill. And he said, hell yeah, let's all kick it. And I thought, all right, that's, we've crossed that, that bridge of it like, was, friendship. It, it, was, it was total elation. And, and I'll, share, I'll share one thing. So the Oracle Arena, however they – listen, we're not from Oakland. We're not from Berkeley. We're not from San Francisco. Like, I, Be careful, bro. I know. Don't, the the don't arena's affect- in Oakland, I believe. The <laughs> – the arena's in Oakland. It borders Berkeley. The, the, the Be very careful. where we stayed is in Berkeley. Yeah. <laughs> we did walk around in San Francisco. I don't know where we were. I guess we can't really we say were what downtown. trip we went on. We, yeah, where we were downtown. But, but at one point, I'll say this. This, is, this, is, this was another highlight. Yes. So it, it's starting to get like San Francisco cold. Not like New York brick freezing cold. It was fine. But it's like 11 o'clock. It's cold. We're underdressed. And we're, we're, we've walked like, I don't know. I don't know, maybe a quarter, maybe a quarter of a mile away from the arena. After the game. Yeah, but we're still near the parking lot. Yes. I mean, like way after the game, I got to shoot uh, the JaVel McGee uh, show, which is dope. And it'll be on Kevin Durant's YouTube page, I'm sure, in the next few weeks. And we're waiting for an Uber. We're talking to the Uber, who unfortunately didn't speak great English. He's on the south side. I'm saying we're on the north side. Go to parking lot fucking Z. We don't know what the fuck he's saying. And in no disrespect, he just didn't speak great English. And I told Dean, please talk to him because I'm never a great communicator. You could speak the best English in the world. Yes, I I did speak to him. So we're we're still in the Oracle Arena area, but we're away from the arena because I guess that's where the Ubers come. Lo and behold... Fucking Coach Kerr pulls up, and he's yep. like, did you enjoy the game? I'm like, fuck yeah, man. We enjoyed the game. We had a great day. We had a great game. Thanks for having us at the practice. This was fucking awesome. And he goes, what are you guys doing out here? We said, we're waiting for the Uber. He goes, waiting for the Uber? Let me give you a ride to the he's Uber. He's a kid in the car. What are you talking about? And we said, no, 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 no. We'll wait for the Uber. That's okay. He said, please get in the car. Move the stuff in the back seat. Push it to the trunk. And we get in the car. And we drive like 10 minutes where he dropped us off so we weren't going to get lost or stranded in the car with Coach Kerr. I, I'm not, now, my, normally, you, you guys know my personality on the around posterior podcast. Talk, 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 talk. talk. Michael I'm like was having silent. an out-of-body experience Michael at this was point. silent. And, and while we're in the back seat. Here's the most impressive thing. I oh, want to say this. Because I know what you're going to say, I want to say this. So, Something I told I you at the practice, at 10 in the morning, I introduced, Steve, Steve Kerr said, is he with you? Yeah, and he said, Dean. How you doing, Steen? And he said, "Nice to meet you." Boom. That was that was the extent, really, of your conversation with him. After the game, eleven o'clock at night, after his whole whatever his life is, after coaching the goddamn Golden State Warriors, the win they won, by the way, after after dealing with the press, all that stuff, we're waiting on the side of the road. As we're getting into the car. He says, how are you? Good to see you again, Dean. He says, Dean, yes, good to see you again. And I turned to I turned to you, and I, I I didn't say it out loud, but I was like. What the fuck? The fact that he remembered Dean's name 
shows what kind of dude he is. I think that says a lot about a person. Now, I'm bad with names. I'm good with faces. You could be good with faces, bad with names, whatever it is. Good with names, bad with faces. It shows that he's paying attention, that he cares, and he's taking into consideration, like, I'm Everything. not just going to talk to Rappaport. I'm going to say, like, that's his guy. What's up, Dean? Good to see you again, Dean. Dean. And he said he Dean. He said Dean. And I think that that that's uh, just a trait of, of yeah, that's why he's the best coach out there. I yeah, mean, what, and, what and, and, and obviously a good dude. Obviously really a good, good dude. dude. I will say that. So the, the, the bottom line is it was really a privilege and an honor and a cool experience. And again, I never take these things for granted. No. Dean, you seem like you're like, well, when are we going to go back? And I'm like, you're never going back. I am going back because they you're actually- You're taking it for granted that's, already. That's not true. You're like, well, I'm like, well, you're, you're not, you may never go again. That's not true. And I may never go again, but we did meet a lot of people that said that they wanted me back in the arena, which was great. Um, we even did a little shoot around after practice, which was fun. Yep. Uh, I think I beat you in a free throw contest, which I was know, really I know, you didn't sick. beat me. I beat no, you. I, no, you didn't. We were tied and then I beat you. I wasn't paying <laughs> okay. much attention. Okay. We were tied, and then I beat you. And if anybody saw Dean yes. Collins shoot a basketball, yes. and the I fact that we were form. even tied, you'd lose fucking respect for me because he shoots the basketball like he's never shot a You're basketball a before. Guy. I don't. I don't. I don't I'm say not saying I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I was tied with you. Like you were. Shit. I was on my phone. I was very excited. Mm, you were shit. But I, I do want to say that now I'm back in L.A. We're back here. Um, it's It's been a few days now. And, you know, I go to the gym and, you know, I see all these people at the gym and they kind of look at me. And I usually, you know, look down and, you know, we, we don't like make you're ashamed of yourself. Yeah, like ashamed of myself. I'm at the like, gym. Don't look at me. But now I feel like because I'm technically friends with, with Kevin Durant um, and, and, and uh, Steph um, Curry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I, I feel that like I'm looking at people like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at you in the eye now and I'm thinking, you don't know where I was 48 hours ago. You have no ago. fucking idea where I was yeah. just yesterday. Like, you're cool with your Gucci belt over here at the fucking gym. And you're, you're, you're in a gym with your Gucci yeah. belt on, asshole. Yeah, okay. You have a fucking Gucci belt on while you're trying to work out. Right, I'm, I'm rocking the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast shirt, and you're looking at me like I'm a fuckboy. I was at practice the other day, asshole. Yeah. JaVel McGee may or may not remember me, but... But the point is, is I was there. Yes, and I'm not going to flaunt it. I'm not going to make business cards saying Kevin Durant's friend, Dean Call. I'm not going to do all I, that. You're saying that you're your friend. I would. We have to see if okay. we see Kevin Durant again. If he says, "What's up, Dean?" One thousand percent, he'll know. He he knows. Okay, We're, we we are on that level. Um, but it was an amazing trip. Uh, I thank you so much for for bringing me along. We did some shooting. We did some uh, filming. There's some cool projects coming. Shit was real, and it was uh, it was it was epic. Yeah, um, it was really epic. So thank you for the Golden State Warriors for having us up there. Yes, shout out to Golden State Warriors and my guy Rich and everybody shout else. Shout out to Rich for and, sure. And everybody everybody who who hooked us up. I, I I like to keep it innocuous and sort of vague. But trust me, the experience lingers in my heart yes. to this day. All right. And Peace. you got to let it linger. Yeah. Oh, shout out. You know, we haven't talked shout about out the, to the Cranberries. The too, Cranberries, man. the lead singer died. Yes. And I used to have a, a, a 90s white girl mix. Yes. I had a, a mixtape of 90s white girls. So and we're talking the, like Mazzy Star. We're Mazzy talking... Star, Tori Amos, okay. the Cranberries. <laughs> yeah, that's a soft side of you. I've never, yeah, never the, heard that I, side I of you. I literally had a mix, a CD mix. Where called, is that CD? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna recreate the mix on Spotify. It's called yes. uh, on Spotify. '90s White Girl. Yes, that's that's the mix. So it's, it's, that's a cool mix. Mazzy Star, Dope sh- Fade Into You, Cranberries. Do yep. you have to let, let it, it linger? linger. Would, you would you consider it letting, letting it, linger? it linger? And and of course, uh, um, uh, my Bloody Valentine. That was another uh, group. What's that? Oh, and now I wasn't a big fan of my Bloody Valentine. I like them. I, I Shout you. out to my girl Chloe Sevigny. Okay. Um. Anyway, what more can I say? Uh, fantastic experience up at Golden State. Uh, the young shooter. Do you want to talk about anything else? Well, or? I don't know. Do you have anything else to talk about? 
Because um, everybody always wants to know, can a shooter shoot? Oh, well, I do want to. I do want to just say they're you know. Hold just, up, my man, you got to take your fucking feet off the motherfucking off the blanket, Duke. Dude, I just got back from the gym. I don't give a fuck, my man. You got these are take, clean socks, my man. Take your feet off the blanket, though. Okay, can I just say one thing? Okay. I want I want to tell everybody real quick. Shit. This microphone, it, it's got a really strange odor, and I think that it's time to maybe switch up the the. Does the, it? The, yeah, man. Like it's got a weird get... smell to it, and, and I think that that's maybe why maybe you're not getting some guests that you want to get. Right. I don't know what it is. I but need it, to get is, new. new my, what are they called, Mike? Um, what is that? Like a fucking like a mic jacket? Mike foam. Mike foam. foam. The foam is okay. smells weird. Wash right. that shit, cool. bro. Okay, because uh, it's offensive to me. Okay. Um, but there... yeah, no, everything is good. Uh, just to kind of wrap it up. Uh, uh, my man, if you don't have any any no anything, no, are I, you, I, have you been have you been having any have you have you been on grinder? Listen, I want listen. I don't know why you keep bringing up that app because Grinder. Let me remind you, mm-hmm. is a gay app. Oh, sorry. Nothing against gay people. Sorry. Nothing against that. I'm not homophobic. And nothing against the app. I have a lot of fr- nothing against the app. You have so you haven't been on Grinder. Never got on Grinder, brother. Okay, but, cool. I, but I am on Tinder. I am That's on Bumble. Um, um, and, and any of the females out there that want to check for you on there, if you want to check, I mean, go listen. I just want to say another shout out. You can go to my Instagram. I, I like it when people slide I mean, into my you, DMs. No, 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 no. We not, we not playing. We not, we not doing plugs for no, your motherfucking no plug, Instagram. We not plug, plugging bro. your motherfucking Instagram. I mean, you got anything else to share? I got with? a date tonight. Okay, uh, it was a dry season the past couple months, but. For some reason, I think Mercury's out of retrograde, as okay. they would say, All and right. it's a new year, and, right, and, and cool. things are looking up. All right, cool. Listen, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Stay with me. Yeah. Yo. Gerald. What up? Ha. Gerald McCoy, Tampa Bay Buccaneer Beast. Yeah. I appreciate you rocking with me on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'm a humongous fan, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate Six-time it. Pro Bowler. Yeah. Now, when I was texting you uh, about doing the show, you told me that you were getting in. Sh- you you were working out for the Pro Bowl, which took yeah. me by surprise because the way uh, the Pro Bowl seems, it seems like nobody cares. But you're not playing around, like you know, when it comes to the Pro Bowl. What is your Pro Bowl workout like? Why are you even still working out? Is that a misconception? Yeah, no. Nah, so, so for me, you. I mean, a lot of people don't know. I mean, you right. A lot of people don't work out. Um, but for me, it's a personal thing. You never know what to expect. I've played in it, you know, uh, five times. I haven't played in actually six. I got one year I didn't go because of an injury, but I played in it five different times. And uh, well, this would be five. And uh, the tempo's been different every time. So for me, I just don't want to go out there, one, looking sloppy, and two, you never know what tempo is going to be at or uh, what shape you need to be in. And then also, I just don't like getting out of shape. You know, I was sitting with Bruce Smith two years ago, and um, I asked him, how did you play 20 years in the NFL? He told me it's always easier to stay in shape than get in shape. So I kind of just took that, and I always try and keep something. You know, I don't want to lose it completely. I always try to keep something. Um, that way, when I do start training like crazy, it, it it isn't as hard to you know get back to where I was at. Well, so what is the gist of like your off season training to stay in shape? Obviously, when you guys get to camp, it's hard body karate. It's all in. Um, but like you know, what is your sort of general off season maintenance to stay in you know in in good you know Pro Bowl 
uh, Gerald McCoy shape? Yeah. So for me, um, my diet has to remain constant, um, you know, and then uh, for, for the workout, you know, for what I do is. But wait, wait, when uh, your a, diet, what don't you eat? So for, for, for me, well, I don't, a lot of people eat steak. I don't really like to eat uh, a lot of red meat. Um, I want to, but I don't because of my genetics. It's not that I don't want to. Uh, for my genetics, if I eat steak, I'll just balloon, man. I get huge. So um, even though I'm a big dude, I try and remain a certain size because, you know, as the season goes on, people put on weight. It's just how the NFL goes. So you try and um, remain a certain size. So really, for me, it's red meat and most fried food. Other than that, you know, I pretty – pretty straightforward you know you just try to stay from all the fried foods and for me it's steak and stuff okay and then what about the working out break down like a day like your off-season workout like when when you're going pretty thoroughly give me what your day is like because i'm gonna tell you something right now gerald i'm you're like a high-end out athlete i'm like a a no-end athlete okay right so so it's nothing (laughs) but respect (laughs) what i'll do is depends on where i'm at i'll give you what i did last year um, last year I would come in because I usually train with Todd Durkin out in, uh, in San Diego, same place Drew Reed goes. To, okay. And he has very specific workouts, but I'll give you what I did last year because I trained myself. Um, I would come in, do my dynamic warm up, which consists of, uh, I would do a lot of stretching, a lot of mobility, do some ladders, do some med ball slams, some jump rope, um, different things of that sort. Um, just to get warmed up. And then I did what I call the heat up. Most people do like a warm up. I do a heat up. So you want to take your body to its max heat so it can get ready to really like train itself. So I would put myself through this insane footwork circuit on the field. It would consist of ladders, cone drills, med ball throws, sprints, all these different things. Um, and I just called it the gauntlet and I would create it. You know, I would say I was going to, into the lab and I would create it as I went. And uh, I put some of my teammates through this and they was like, man, you crazy. And this, you is, know, this and, isn't uh, the workout. This is the heat up. No, I'm still warming up. I'm still heating up. Jesus yeah. Christ, I'm tired from listening yeah. to you. Right. And then and when after I get through all that, then I would do my workout. The workout would consist of chain pulls, um, whether I was usually doing some uh, football stuff with the bags or um um whatever it may be, but I'll just go through a chain pull day. You know, I would do a circuit of um two point stands, right foot up, left foot up. I would do four pulls with two chains and then I'll take one chain off and do four pulls with one chain and then I'll take both chains off and do two pulls without the chain. Mm. And I would do that for each leg. And then I would do it in a three point stance, the exact same circuit. And then I would do it to where I would go five yards and kind of bend up the field like I'm rushing the passer. Mm. I would do that four times each way. And then that's when I would go over and do my football-specific stuff, hitting bags, working on my footwork, uh, punching the uh, sled, things of that sort. And then after all of that, I would do all my sprinting and my running. So it may be gassers, which is uh, across the field and back. I would do some 60-yard sprints. I may do hundreds, or whatever it may be. Jesus. And then, that's just on the field. Then I would go in and lift weights. So how how long is this whole thing from beginning to end? Uh, Because I, I treat my setup as part of my workout. 
I don't allow people to help me set up or break down. It takes me about two and a half to three hours. Jesus Christ, man. That is real deal. That's that's NFL, like, all-level all workout, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't play with my workouts, man, because I'm getting older, and, you know, that's when you're more susceptible to injury, and it's hard to lose all this weight the older you get. So I just try and grind myself that way. I can stay as young as I can, be able to keep up with these young boys while I'm running. So at the beginning of the season, you said you put on weight. So at the beginning of the season, what do you start? What did you start at this season? This season, I went into training camp. I was like three oh five, and then and I finished the season. I finished the season. I was around three ten. Okay, so that's not much. That's five no, pounds. No, no, yeah. Sometimes you see guys put on ten pounds. 15 pounds because this is how a travel day goes so we come in we do our walkthrough and this is almost universal for the nfl because most people who come in when you get guys from other teams they come in and they look for oh well y'all don't do a position dinner y'all don't do this so that's how i know it's universal so most of the time thursday nights you take your position to dinner so we have d-line dinner or they'll have o-line dinner Mm. or the quarterbacks to go out so we'll go to this this is a bunch of millionaires, so we're not going to Outback. We're not going to Applebee's. We're going to the Roof Chris and the places like this. We go have these expensive meals with all this steak and all this other stuff. <laughs> so you're eating all this this nonsense, right? And then you come in Saturday, you're getting ready to travel. Most people send their rookies to get food for the plane. So you get food for the plane. Mm. There's There's food at the plane before you get on. There's food on the plane mm. as you're traveling. And then most people leave get to the hotel, and then go out to dinner again. Jesus. And then after that, they have a snack at night. And then you got a pregame meal, and then there's food after the game. Then there's food on the plane. Yo. It's nonstop eating, man. That's it's crazy. nonstop eating. When you go to these Ruth Chris's with, with the D-line or the O-line or combined, how do you decide? You, now, you can't decide. Like, everybody can't whip out a credit card. How do we decide who's paying for the meals? Credit card roulette. Okay. Everybody does whip out credit cards. Everybody does whip out a credit card. You put it in a hat, and it's to a limit. If you're a rookie or a practice squad guy, we don't make you do it. But if you can afford to pay for everybody, you got to do it. So you put your card in. The waitress or the waiter who served us that night shakes it up, and they take the card out, take the card out, take the card out. Who's ever last is who has to pay for the dinner. I like that. I like that. Is yeah. it, How many times have you been caught with this bill? I've actually never lost credit card roulette. Anytime I pay, it's because I choose to. But I'm pretty good at credit card roulette. I usually get out of it. I fell in love watching you and your daughter on Hard Knocks. How's your daughter doing? And I want to offer my services free of charge if you come out to Los Angeles to babysit this little sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, they they they're great, man. The twins. I have the the you know she got. Her brother, who's the crazy one, but yeah, she's a, she's a sweetheart, man, and uh, they're doing great. They're actually doing great. They actually just got out of school, um, like fifteen minutes ago. Just got out of school, and they'd be here. I gotta go take the big guy to get his haircut, and then later on, my oldest has a basketball game I gotta go to. So, kids are doing great. Yeah, well, they're they're they were beautiful, and it was so fun to watch you with them on Hard Knocks. What is your takeaway of Hard Knocks? They talk about this Hard Knocks curse. You know, I was so hyped for the Buccaneers. My man, Big Mike Evans, 
Jameis is is charismatic. Like the takeaway from it from the team, obviously the season was bumpy for the Buccaneers, and I'm a fan, man. You know, like do you guys like oh shit, we're never it. doing uh, hard knocks, or or do you not even consider that as, as any of the problems? I think that the the hurricane, uh, you know, like Hurricane Irma and canceling the game. That had something to do with just like the momentum of the Buccaneers was a little screwed up from the beginning. What, what is your takeaway of the season starting with the hard knocks? Yeah, well, hard knocks, man. My take on hard knocks is I don't know if there's a curse in that. I don't really believe in the curses and stuff. But what I will say about it is this. We're professional athletes and we play in front of 60 to 90,000 people a week. If a camera being in your face while you're working out is a problem for you, then you're in the wrong business mm. because this is a business that if you are at your best, you're playing in front of the world at the end of the year with the Super Bowl. Mm. So if you can't prepare in your own comfort of your own training camp with cameras around you, you you're in the wrong business. Right. So for me, all they did is capture personality. And I feel like anybody who's affected by hard knocks is being fake, in my personal opinion. If you so worried about a camera being around you, that means you're doing something you know you ain't really about. And our coach, he told us, well, as soon as we got picked for hard knocks, don't be fake. And if you are fake, we're going to call you out on it. Just be real, and this thing will be smooth. And at first, they were just in the way. It wasn't like, oh, well, I can't perform because this camera's watching me. It was more of, I'm trying to get dressed for practice, and you're standing right behind me. Move. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And... After a while, you just got used to it. Those guys and uh, women became really cool, man. You, you was around them on your off day. You was around them every day at practice when we traveled to um, practice against Jacksonville. And you just seen them constantly. So it became like when they left, it was like, dang, where'd they go? You know? But then as far as the season goes, man, we screwed ourselves, just being honest. You could point to defense, you can point to offense, you can point to coaching, you can, do, you can point so many different places. You can point to injuries. There's a lot of different excuses we, we can make, but I'm not going to make any of them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say we screwed ourselves. We had all the players we needed. We had all the p- potential means nothing. People say, oh, you so much potential. That means nothing. You got to go out there and make that potential reality, and we didn't. We beat ourselves so many times. We had teams beat, and we would screw ourselves with penalties or a turnover or defense and need one stop, we stop them all game and need one stop to win the game and we can't stop them. We just screwed ourselves. And that's really was the epitome of what the season was. Um, but I'm just excited that we finished our last game with a win at home. That's always great to go into the off season, man. Even though your season wasn't what it should have been, you never want to go into the off season on the L. Right. I mean, and most people do. If, you, if you're in the playoffs and you don't win the Super Bowl, you – went to the offseason with an L, but at least you were in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? It's worse when you don't make the playoffs and you lost your last game. That sucks. I, I, I'm sure, man. Well, I, I want you guys to bounce back. Um, you're yeah. not a friend of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are not your friend. You no. eat them like little slices of bologna. Um, you go uh, against Drew Brees, Cam Newton, um, and the man by the name of Matty Ice twice a year. Yeah. As a defender, let me just throw the names at you. Drew Brees, what is he like to defend? Like, what what is it like playing against Drew Brees? Drew Brees is the ultimate professional. And 
it's almost unfair for me to get to talk about him because I'm around him in the off season when he's not in his suit, when he's not making all these plays, when I just get to see him in his everyday life preparing to destroy everything he faces. Mm. Um, but if, I'm going to take that out of the equation, and I'm going to take what I've seen just stepping on the grass. This guy is the ultimate professional. He'll be in the middle of getting sacked or throwing an interception, and he's talking to himself while the play is going on. You can hear it. Because when you're down there, you can hear the different things that you guys will get to hear. And he'll be saying, bad throw, Drew. He'll be saying stuff like that in the middle of the play. You know what I'm saying? He's the ultimate professional. And if you watch him on the sideline on a TV broadcast, you'll see anytime it's time for him to step up, he does his little shoulder shrug and he licks his fingers. Mm. That's almost like his, you know, when you see Batman, like, pull his mask down or Whatever it is you see people do before it's time to go make it happen, that's just like his thing. And even when the game is over, even when the game is over, you see him, he's studying that that surface they give us. He's looking at plays, he's regardless of what he does. And for him, being the ultimate professional, people don't know what people don't know about Drew Brees is he is a very underrated sneaky athlete. Drew Brees was a all state tennis player. A lot of people don't know that in high school. He was an all-state tennis player, so this guy's been athletic. You know, you I don't know what type of athlete people think tennis players are, but they, they're some pretty good athletes. Mm-hmm. So this guy can move back and forth. He, with being a tennis player, you got to be able to switch hands. You got to be able to run and uh, move your shoulders and do all these different things. So when Drew Brees is getting taken to the ground or about to get sacked, he knows how to switch the ball to the other hand and flip it. He knows how to torque his, contort his body to where you are missing, and then he'll flip the ball off. He knows all the different things. I seen him one time. He was in the red zone. And people know, if you really know football, you know if you have a mismatch on the outside, what you do is you check the outside to see if there's a one-on-one, see if you can exploit it. So you look outside, and most quarterbacks do this in the red zone because they can throw the fade and try and get an easy touchdown. Well, one time I was watching, and what Drew did is he he was staring to the outside the whole time. Well, the defense, anybody who's playing in the red zone, know you're going to keep your eyes on the quarterback mm-hmm. or you're going to plaster your man. But in this particular defense, guys were keeping their eye on the quarterback. So if you see him looking out to the side this whole time, you're thinking the ball has to be going their way. So what he did is when he snapped the ball, he pumped fake to the outside, the whole defense shifted, and then he threw a check down, and the dude was wide open. Different little things like that is what Drew Brees does. And that's why I call him the ultimate professional because who would think to do that? He knows everybody's looking at him. He knows they're going to be looking. If he pumps the ball that way, everybody's going to go that way. Uh. It's just, you know what I'm saying? That's just the type of different things he does. Um, and why I love competing against him, man. He's never out. If there's, if there's a shot, he's never out. Did you watch the, uh, the Minnesota New, Eng- uh, New Orleans game? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a New York Giants fan, okay? And then I like my teams. I like my Buccaneers. I like my Saints. I like my players. I'm a football fan. I was devastated by that. What what did you think when you saw that game, the way that game ended? I was devastated. And a lot of people, my my son and my wife, was like, why do you care so much? Well, one, that's my division. You know, uh, if if we can't be in it, we had three teams in the playoffs. 
Unfortunately, the Saints had to play Carolina in the opening round, so one of them was going to be gone. And then um, Atlanta lost to Philly. So this is our last shot. I'm pulling for our um, division to win this thing or at least get there because I had a theory the first year Carolina went, didn't win. The next year Atlanta went to the Super Bowl. This year I was pulling for the Saints to go because that means next year we got to go. You know what I'm saying? That was my theory is what I was going with. Didn't work out. So I'm watching this game. I'm like, man, Drew didn't pull the, what, the way he played in the second half shows why he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm. So he didn't did this miracle and brought these guys all the way back. One play, and that guy misses that tackle. I When I seen it, I literally threw my phone. And I was just – because I was just like, this was over. We were going to the NFC Championship. The the NFC South was going to represent our division in the NFC Championship. And that play happened. I I was – man, I was just I, – I literally just was staring at the TV. You know how they they're keep showing Everson Griffin's reaction? Mm-hmm. That was really my reaction. I just was like, did that really just happen? It was it was crazy. What would you say to that kid that missed that tackle? Obviously, he's not on your team, you know. But right, how do you get over something like that? Well, um, stay off social media. Right. <laughs> stay off social media. Turn your phone off. Turn your phone off for at least a week, you know, or turn your phone off until the next game. Once that next game kicks off, people are going to, you know start to fade it's gonna start to fade what happened with you and everything and then you just move on you're a rookie Mm. you got so many yeah that play is gonna be tagged to you the rest of your career but what are you gonna do to get people off your back Mm. all you gotta do prepare the offseason come back and ball next year and people gonna say y'all remember when this happened well look at him now Mm. and that's what i would tell him if i had something to tell him before that play is football one-on-one wrap up he ducked his head and just, I don't know what he thought was going to happen or what happened, but it just wasn't a good tackle. So. No, that was crazy. Um, yeah. Cam Newton, you play against him. First of all, is Cam Newton bigger than you physically? Like, is he taller than you? Absolutely. Cam is just not as big as I am, like as uh, like girth, I guess you could say, but height, he's taller than me. Yeah, absolutely. Cam is a big dude, man. Cam is bigger than most players in the NFL. And a lot of people don't realize that. So when you see him making all these moves and shaking people and, um, you know, being as elusive as he is, it's, it's incredible to see. It's like watching LeBron. Uh-huh. You see this guy do all this stuff in person. He's like, man, there's no way this guy is that big and is moving like that. Yeah, he is. What, um, aside from the movement and the physical stuff, what makes him special? I mean, you, you've you've seen him, you know, in his MVP mm-hmm. season. You've seen him, you know, he, he's come up with you. You guys have, you know, played against each other so many times uh, in, in the last, you know, uh, few years. What is it about him that makes him special uh, aside from the athleticism? Cam is a momentum uh, quarterback, and uh, so is Matt Ryan, but I'll get to Matt Ryan in a second. Cam is a momentum quarterback as far as, Cam Newton, you know, he looks at himself as an icon, and I believe that he is as well. And that's how he plays the game, as if he is who he believes he is. 
and the swag that comes with being Cam Newton comes on the field, you know, um, from his cleats to the gear he wears when he warms up to whatever he feels like he's wearing when he comes to the stadium or whatever. It's all a an aura and a persona that he has. And if he makes a play, that goes along with it. And the worst thing you want to do is let Cam make a few plays in a row. Mm. Don't give him his confidence. You got to, you got to, you have to, have to, have to. His MVP year is the only year I've seen where Cam's confidence couldn't be shook. Mm. And Cam is a very confident player. He believes in himself. But if you get after him and he starts to make mistakes, then he doesn't trust himself as much. You can tell by the throws he makes and just how he starts to play the game. But Cam is one of those people, if his confidence is up, and his momentum is going, he won't stop him. Mm. He just won't. He's going to start doing all the dancing and all the gestures and talking. He's going to start talking crazy to you and all. Like, it's just, just how it goes. And it's not just him. It's the people around him. He'll talk trash to you guys? Oh, absolutely. Especially if he makes a long run and you think you hit him hard and he know you didn't or if he made you miss or – if y'all had momentum and they're making a run, oh yeah, he definitely will. Because people talk talk crazy to him, so he just he go right back at you. That's just how he is, and I hate him and I love him at the same time. I hate him when we playing him. I love to see it when he's competing against everybody else. Who else uh, will instigate talking from the offensive side? Because you know, like from what I, it seems like, the DBs and the safeties and the small dudes are the big talkers. You guys in the front are down there grinding it out. Who from the offensive side talks a lot of trash? Mike Evans. That's my guy, Big Mike. Mike. Evans. Big Mike talks a lot of trash. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mike is. I'm talking about Mike. Mike is the like the ultimate competitor. Mike competing anything. If you shooting uh, wadded up paper to the trash can, he trying to get in, and he think there's nobody can beat him. He believes that there's no. WNBA player can beat him because he's just too big. He feel like he'll put you in a post. And I keep telling him, man, these best, these women are professional basketball players, Mike. They are pros. And I'll be telling Mike, they will give you buckets. He mm. don't think none of that. He thinks any D league player in the NBA, he believes he can play with them. He believes he can play in the NBA. Mike believes he can outswim Michael Phelps. He believes he can. Uh, beat the flash in a race. That's just who Mike is. There's nobody in this world that can beat Mike in anything. And if you can, all he has to do is practice a little bit and he will beat you. That's how, that's the type of competitor Mike is. I like that. And there's that. nothing wrong with it because Mike is not an arrogant guy by any means. He buys gifts for his teammates every year. He, um, he's always looking out for everybody around him. You won't see him talk much during practice. You won't see him talk crazy to really people uh, any other time unless he is competing. It's all in his competitive nature. It's not who he is as a person. Mm. He won't disrespect anybody and your craft. He's just competing. He will never say, um, oh, you trash at this, you trash at that. He just believes that you good, but I know I can be better. That's, just, that's his mindset. That's funny. In anything. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nothing. There's nothing he don't think he can beat you in. It's ridiculous. Um, Matt Ryan, what is he like going after? 
Uh, Maddie Ice, man. I love Maddie Ice because Maddie Ice has so many different um, characteristics about his game. Um, he's one of, another one of those crafty momentum guys. But Maddie Ice, the difference in him and Cam Newton, Cam can kill you with his feet. Maddie Ice will kill you in the pocket. Mm. Maddie Ice, will, they'll get that run game going. He'll get a few passes, a few first downs. He'll get that play action and that the uh, the boots going. And once he gets rolling, yeah, I mean, it's lights out, man. And then he's got that um, alien he's throwing the ball to and Julio Jones, mm-hmm. man. It's just not it, – it, it's not even cool, man. He's just one of those guys. He's a momentum guy. Once he gets rolling, you can't you can't stop him. I, I, once I've seen him rolling, rolling – I mean, that's why he, when he won MVP last year, it's because nobody saw him there. Once he got rolling, it was over. And that's just how it is. He can make all the throws. Man, he makes some incredible throws. He makes some MVP caliber throws that I think goes under the radar. I think Matty Ice is one of the elite quarterbacks we have in this league and has been for a while. Man, that's cool. Um, Jameis, I love Jameis. You compete against mm-hmm. him in practice all the time. What is Jameis Winston like? What, what, what's his deal? What's his story? How good can he be? And just like, what is Jameis Winston like? So Jameis is, uh, he's like Mike Evans, but only with football. That's just how he is. Mike, uh, Jameis is, uh, he like, um, I don't, I don't remember the guy's name at Pineapple Express that kept getting shot. He got oh, yeah, set on yeah. fire. He got, Stabbed. Uh-huh. He was, everything was happening to him, but then at the end of the movie, he was sitting right there with him, uh-huh. and he just wouldn't die. Uh-huh. That's Jameis. It don't matter what you say about him. What he's been in in college, whether you said he was immature, he got into little issues he had in college, um, he had, you know, whatever little issues he's had in the NFL. People talk about him throwing the ball away. People talk about him losing the ball. People say, oh, well, he can't do this, can't do that, can't do that. It doesn't matter what happens. Jameis just doesn't die. Mm. And he will not die, and he refuses to die. And I will play with a guy like that leading us any day. That's dope. Any day. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are. He has a you-got-to-deal-with-us mentality. Regardless, of, he could throw five interceptions. And he still feels like, oh, this, that, okay, that happened. We about to still go win this game. That's just, that's who he is. That's how he is. That's how he is in practice. He doesn't feel like he can be stopped in practice. And regardless of if he's having a bad day, as long as we got another period or a few more plays, mm. he feels like they going to win the day. Yeah. But he's a realist. He'll get in the huddle at the end of the day and say, I didn't do well enough. Or yesterday, he'll get in the huddle the next day and say, yesterday, fellas, I didn't do well enough, but I have another opportunity to change what I did. Mm. And that's how he is. And that's why we love him so much. That's why we're going to follow him and follow him and follow him. That's dope. How much fun did you guys have uh, with, with the social media aspect of the IEWs? Because he gives dope pregame speeches. Uh, the, the IEWs, and he was licking his W for dinner. How much fun did you guys have with all that? We teased him. We see. Listen, a lot of people, you know, gave him hell for that. But what people don't realize is we did too. We, <laughs> we, you know, we went with it. We went with it, and we looked at it as our quarterback is just trying to motivate us to win. Man, that's just who he is. He's a natural born leader, and as a leader, 
you're going to try and find different ways to motivate your troops. They're not always going to hit. That's just one that didn't hit home. Mm. But we understood what he was trying to do. Right. So we just make fun of him with it. Everybody makes fun of him with it. He laughs it off. He knows that, you know, probably wasn't the best thing to do, but um, we we took it as he just trying to motivate us to win. Let's 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 hear the message and really not what he's doing right now. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's just how we look at his pregame speeches. He's doing whatever he can. He's trying to create anything he can say and do to motivate you to go win this game. And that's how that's just how he is, natural born leader. He doesn't know how to not say something. Uh. Some coach will tell somebody else to break it down, and Jameis will step up and say something because he just it's just in his blood. He don't know how to do it, so um, we follow him. You guys played uh, New England on Thursday Night Football. I was I was watching the game. I can't stand New England. They make me sick. You lost nineteen yeah. to fourteen. It was a close game. What does it take to stop Tom Brady and playing against him? Like, what is that like? I'll say this. If you've never stood next to Tom Brady or around him, you don't realize this dude is a large human. Mm. Tom Brady is a legit 6'6". Mm. He's, he's a legit, he's at minimum 6'5". He's a legit 6'5", 6'6". So he can see over the O-line very easily. And... Um, I've had the opportunity to practice against him twice in 2012 and 2013. And what people don't know about Tom Brady is when he throws the football, he's like, he takes a deep breath. It's almost like he grunts as he's throwing. I don't know. I've never heard it before. I don't know if it's something that he's trained to do or somebody taught him to do, but it's almost like he's building up power to throw these passes. And um, it's very crazy to see. But playing against him is the same as practicing against him mm. because he they came to our facility in 2012 and um, they brought the whole team down here to practice against us. And usually when you go to another team's training camp practice, you go kind of according to their schedule. Um, y'all mix and y'all may do different things depending on what the coaches have talked about. However, um, Usually it's whatever team you're going to, they kind of going to run the practice. Well, we were in the middle of a period, and Tom Brady shuts everything down and make us start the whole thing over. Wow. Yeah, the entire thing. He's like, start this over. We're not doing this. This is not how we practice. And I don't know if it was what, – what was happening is we were winning the period. The defense was. It was our one defense versus their one offense. We were winning the period, and he didn't like that. You know, because we were an up-and-coming team. And be just be honest, uh, for lack of better words, we're the Buccaneers. Uh. And they're the Patriots. So it was it, – he wasn't disrespecting us, but this is just the type of champion he is. Uh. He said, we're not about to practice like this. We're going to start over right now. We're starting this period over. Started from the beginning, the very first play. And we did. Bill Belichick blew that whistle. Our coach – we looked at our coach. Our coach was like, hey, get back down there. And we started the period over. That's gangster. He does not care who you are. He does not care who you are. Aaron Hernandez was on the team at the time. Um, Gronkowski's on the team. All these people on the team, he's cussing them out to their face. Cussing them out, running up on them, not disrespecting them, but basically telling them that ain't good enough. What are you doing? Uh. He doesn't care. 
That's just who he is. And that's how I, when you see him on a Sunday or a Thursday, in this case, you know why they are who they are. That's dope. So when you're competing against them, you know all the work that has went into getting to this point. So it's like, man, we really have to bring it because they put in so much work to get to this day. If we haven't prepared, and then knowing that, if I think back, like, have we prepared enough to be able to compete with these guys? And that week we did. Mm. Um, just unfortunate, we missed too many kicks, and uh, we didn't come out on top. But, yeah, man, he he is, if you love to compete in whatever you do, there's no better game than playing than the Patriots. He's just a great competitor, man, and I loved it. I that's, loved that's it. awesome. That's awesome. Um, who's the fastest dude coming off the line that you've seen in your career? Like out of the backfield, running back, or even like, or even receiver? Like, who's the fastest running back you've seen come off the line, and who's the fastest receiver you've just witnessed where you're like, "Yo, this is not normal." I would say receiver, probably Deshaun Jackson. Still, yeah, he's he's over time. I've never seen nobody run like this guy because I don't even think he. And talking to him, you're actually really getting to know him. He told me he don't even really think how he knows how fast he is. He never really turns it all the way on. Unless he if the ball's overthrown, he really, really got to go get it. That's when he's at top speed. But he can run past people to this day effortlessly. Effortless. Dang. Yeah, I've never seen anybody run like this guy. And um, Julio's pretty fast. As far as running backs, just a combination of speed and power, I would have to say Adrian Peterson. Uh-huh. I mean, you could, I could probably go down the list and really think of somebody who was fast, fast at running back. Like, we played um, um, the Saints this year. Alvin Kamara's fast. Uh-huh. We played, um, you know, Kansas City last year. Tariq Hill is fast, uh-huh. obviously. But just a combination of just real true speed and power, man, I would have to say Adrian Peterson. Um, oh, this is so dope. Yo, but before I let you go, Gerald, you now your career is far from being over. You right. have any aspirations of, of being a, an analyst or being on TV? Uh, no. Um, I just, uh, you know, people tell me I should. I never, I never thought about doing it. Um, if it comes down to it, I will. Yeah, you they're know, gonna be coming just, for you. I, ne- I never thought about it. You, they're gonna be coming for you because, because you know, football fans, we all think we know, we know shit. I'm, I know that I don't know shit. So listening to you break it down and the way you broke it down, just those games and those players was 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 awesome, man. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. This was great. This was great. Yeah, I, being an analyst, man. Here's the thing: if somebody like I was supposed to go to NFL Network next weekend, okay. Or this weekend, one of these weekends, but I turned it down because I have, um, I I just have a prior engagement and I can't go. Um, going on a something like that where all I have to do is go and give my analysis is one thing. But these guys, man, I've been in these production meetings. These guys have notes upon notes upon notes. They study film, they watch film, they do. The reason I know so much about what I know is because I'm still in the game. I'm watching film constantly so I can improve and help my team. But once I'm out of the game, I'm not going to want to go do all that, man. That <laughs> stuff is, it takes time and it's hard. You got to really want to do that. And these guys are true professionals of being an analyst. That's true. Now, if you want to say, hey, we got a special guest, Gerald McCoy coming in. He's going to give us his thoughts on this. I'll do that all day. But to be <laughs> like a, 
a consistent member of an analyst group, that's hard to do, man. And I just can't say that I would really be into doing all the film study once I'm done playing. I hear you, That's man. my only thing. Yo, I'm going to let you go. I really, really appreciate you rocking me on the podcast. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Hopefully, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get to meet you either at a game or I'll come down to San Diego for one of your training sessions. And, uh, you know, you can watch me vomit if I participate and uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan, man. And congratulations on another Pro Bowl. And, uh, you know, just continue doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate it, brother, man. I'm a, I'm a huge fan as well. And uh, when I seen your offer to come on the show, man, my wife and I, we lost it. I was like, man, this is crazy. I can't believe this is happening. But uh, I appreciate you having me on, man, anytime, man. I, I'll be back so we can talk it up. Absolutely. Enjoy your break. Tell your wife you got a, a, a babysitter free of charge anytime uh, uh, you're in Los Angeles. Yeah. All right, brother. I appreciate it. All right. Enjoy yourself. All right, man. Check one, two, one, two, one, two. We're back. We're back. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's working. Oh, that sounds yeah. good. That sounds good like that. Oh, that sounds real nice. Uh, yeah, I like the way that sounds. Uh, yeah. G Moody. Yeah. You, you, you good? I'm good, man. Yes. I'm ready. Yes, yes. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct. I told you in the intro this was going to be a smacker. Okay? I don't steer you wrong. Huh. See? I steer you strong. Um, yeah. And, uh, the hits just keep coming. Uh, my name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. The Gringo Man Dingo, a.k.a. White Mike, a.k.a. Mr. White Folks. If that offends you for some strange reason, beat it. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Um, this is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'm here with G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. Indeed. How's everything going, uh, Mr. Moody? Uh, everything is going uh, fantastic. Uh, just uh, enjoying the weather, enjoying New York. Everything is good. The weather, huh? Yeah, man. It's it's not as cold as it was. So anything above uh, 30 is considered a heat wave. Right. You guys are out like barbecuing and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not in any rush to make it back to New York until the, uh, until the weather uh, straightens up. I have no interest in, in making it back to New York. Um, <laughs> none at all. Um, what are you doing out there, Moody? Like, well, what's the latest, man? Just living, chilling, eating good food, and that's it, man. Oh, well, what do you mean eating good food? Uh, trying some good, uh, I had some good Dominican breakfast the other day. Oh, you didn't uh, cook it? You got it from the spot? Yeah, yeah. So what's the, what's the, the spot in the Bronx? You should do a little, you should do a little foodery in the Bronx. That's right, to, yeah. You should yeah. start. You go like go to all the spots in the Bronx, like the Dominican spots, the Jamaican spots, the Italian spots. Uh, uh, you know, since you're such a foodie, so you like to yes, cook yes. and everything. Yes. So I've been doing that, just checking out the spots up here in the uh, in the Bronx. It's all the uh, Cucho Fritos, all that good Spanish food. I'm I'm kind of delving into that area because I've already dealt with the soul food. So now I want to check out the uh, Hispanic uh, cuisine. Um. So it's an off week in the NFL. Thank God. I am ready for it to all end. I have to be honest. 
I have to be honest. I'm glad there's no football this week. Of course, there's yeah. the two-week break uh, in between the Super Bowl. Um, Justin Timberlake, who I have no problems uh, with. Uh, I could give a shit about his halftime performance. Um, I'll watch it. Uh, I like him. He's got some good songs. Um, uh-huh. But the stink of the Super Bowl, it's just too thick for me to really get emotionally involved. I am going to say, I don't know who to root for. You know, we had a couple of uh, uh, I Am Rap Poor Stereo podcast fans from Philly say, yo, just root for Philly. And I just, as a New York Giants fan, I can't do that. I obviously cannot root for the Patriots. I'm going to watch the game uh, like I'm going to an opera. <laughs> yeah, I just watch. Whatever the fuck happens, it happens. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, people have been bashing Tom Brady. The, um, he, he put out, he's got like a documentary sort of showing, you know, the, the, the sort of quote-unquote behind the scenes of Tom Brady. And people are, you know, like how stoic he looks and how machine-like he looks. Of course he <laughs> should be a stoic machine. He's a fucking freak. He's the best yeah. that's ever done it. He's 40. He eat, drinks, Pisses and shits football. Yeah, Tom, I'm I'm rooting for the Pats, by the way. Because whoa, 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 my man. My man. <laughs> what what are you saying? Oh, uh, I listen. I'm rooting for the Pats because Tom Brady, yo, it's it's unbelievable what this guy's done. And he's 40. So we are watching just greatness, man. And I want the best quarterback ever to win the Super Bowl. I, I get it. I, I, you know, I'm just not getting emotionally involved myself. I'm and, just and, and, and hold up, rat. The Philly fans, yo, I don't. I could never root for fans that would do sucker shit like that. I, I don't support to, that at all. I got to be honest. And yeah. I, and I've talked a lot about Philadelphia. I don't support beating people up, throwing things yeah. at fans, and you know, as much as I get hype and I like to talk my shit, it's in the confines of getting hype and talking shit. I don't ever yeah. want to see anybody get hurt or injured or anything like that. Um, yeah. So we're not going to do any sick fucks of the week this week. I, I hear the grumbling. I hear the grumbling. Um, you know, the sick fucks of the week, as I always say, have a certain je ne sais quoi, have a certain charisma, have a certain something about them. But the fans uh, uh, on Instagram... Fans on Twitter, fans on Facebook, fans in my DMs. They knew what we were going to do with this guy. Um, this is not a sick fuck. This is no laughing matter. Um, this guy, you've heard about him, Larry Nasser. He oh. was the uh, doctor for Michigan State and the United States Gymnastics Federation. He was accused and convicted of sexually assaulting and molesting so many women uh, uh, over the years. Young girls. These are young children, girls. A total of over 156 people uh, testified against this animal. And he does look like a sick fuck, and he fits all the qualifications of a sick fuck. But we cannot give him that award because even that award has some integrity. But... We will give him the straight Wonder Bread bag theme song. Miles, can you cue the Wonder Bread bag theme song? <laughs> Larry Nasser, 
You piece of shit. You're going yeah. to jail for 175 years. The judge said she just issued your death certificate. And when she was giving you the 175 years, she should have taunted you with a Wonder Bread bag. Yeah. The Wonder no Bread doubt. bag is going to be something you're wishing for while in jail. Because you're going to wind up, and I don't think it's going to take long. You think you, you, you what you did was horrible? What's going to happen to you, you're going to wish you never fucking set foot in a doctor's office, you dog. You animal. You short eyes, molesting fuck. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Yo, words don't even describe, man. Well, what should happen to a dude like this, man? I just, yo, I don't know, man. I can't. Wonder Bread bag. That's it. <laughs> Another Wonder Bread bag treatment goes to. He doesn't get the sick fuck award. Miles, cue the Wonder Bread bag song again. Confessed cop killer. A confessed cop killer. This guy in California, he killed two police officers. And while he's being sentenced in the court, he said, fuck it, I don't want to be here no more. Fuck the jury and the dead cops and their stupid fucking families. Fuck the judge. Okay, no, fuck you, Louis Brand Camantes, whatever the fuck your name is. You're going to prison, okay? And rest assured... They're going to set it up so you catch that Wonder Bread bag action. No olive oil, my friend. This is a true animal. This is a guy that needs to be violated emotionally, physically, and sexually while in prison. Okay? This is an animal. I don't even know why they keep people like this in jail. You say fuck the cops, fuck the judge, fuck the cop's family that you killed. Why, why, do you, why does society need somebody like that? Yo, I don't fucking know. I know it's happening ongoing, on and on again. Yo, what do we do? This is this guy cannot be rehabbed. This this yo, some people just need to be executed. Yeah. There's, <laughs> Straight there's, up there's, and down. What's the point? Right. He's not getting out, and it's just a waste of uh taxpayer money keeping him alive. I, I don't I don't understand the uh the humanity and, and uh giving him humanity. I don't I don't get that. Uh, speaking of humanity, uh, the president of the United States, um, his compadre in the whole Pussygate scandal. Remember Billy Bush with the whole uh, grab him by the pussy situation? Yep. I was thinking about this. You know, he got he lost his job and all that stuff. And, and I was thinking to myself, this reminded me in a way of the situation with the Aziz Ansari situation. Like mm -hmm. he's interviewing this star. Right, Donald Trump, he's charismatic, he's talking a lot of shit, he's talking about grabbing girls by the pee, and I just kiss him in all this vulgarity. And and Billy Bush is sort of like, you know, laughing uncomfortably. Right. And essentially, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, I, why did he lose his job? Because he didn't, you know, beat up Donald Trump? Because he yeah, didn't le leave the situation? Like, in my opinion, Billy Bush is a victim. It's just like, you know, if you're around a, a, a powerful person... Or, or, or like a like an important person, just like that girl was with that little shit, Aziz and Zari. You read the article, <laughs> yeah. You know what people are like. You know she could have just left. If a guy says she could have just left, people are like you have no no compassion. You don't understand women. You don't understand what it's like. 
Right. And obviously this isn't the same thing because it's not a sexual thing, but it's like Billy Bush is just there to interview the dude. He's there to do a job. Donald Trump is talking all kinds of crazy shit that he didn't sign up for. And right. Why is Billy Bush guilty? Like, why is he that, even having to explain himself? He did right. not do anything wrong in this situation. He just there. Yeah, he was just saying, like, he didn't say anything, right? He didn't say anything, like, kind of co-signing Trump, right? He was just laughing. He's just laughing be- and giggling because he probably felt uncomfortable. Like, yo, this guy's fucking crazy. Just the way that girl is laughing and giggling, she's trying to escape... You know, when we, you know, when, when Aziz Ansari's trying to, you know, get at her. Again, I'm not right. comparing the two in terms of he didn't put his hands on her, but it's the same. We've all been in situations. Obviously, sexual assault is different, but we've all been around people that, you know, have made us uncomfortable. We've all been around people that are saying things that you can't co-sign. And not everybody is fucking a superhero in that moment. Sometimes right. it takes a day, two days, a year, 20 years to sort of capture how you were feeling in that moment. I don't know why Billy Bush was like treated like he did something wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. The guy, the only guy who did something wrong was the guy on tape saying all the craziness. <laughs> yeah. And Billy Bush got pushed out to the fucking water and he's just there. That's fucked. That is kind of fucked up. Um, what else is fucked up? Tiffany Haddish, my girl, the actress, we all know who she is. Uh, she was in Girl Trip, uh, comedian. Uh, funny, real funny, as real and genuine as it gets. Uh, came mm-hmm. from the bottom, you know. Grew up a foster kid. She's very open about all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. in the last, you know, six months, eight months, you know, she her, her star has just taken off, mm-hmm. and we all love her because she's just true to herself. She she doesn't sugarcoat who she is and all that stuff. She got so much backlash the other day because what? it's four thirty in the morning. She was one of the people that was announcing the the Oscar awards. Right. And she mispronounced a few people's names. Now, number one, again, people, people like you love her because, you know, she talks shit. She's flawed. You know, you, you see, you see her sort of her normality and you, you, you see her pain in her comedy. You, you see it in her acting. You could feel her pain when she talks about like her life. She had a tough life. But then when she makes a little mistake and you're still seeing her flaws and her just regular ish qualities all of a sudden, she's supposed to be like some fucking well-spoken, you know, polished, you know, Shakespearean theater actress. She, oh. she didn't prepare. She didn't do... First of all, it's 4.30 in the morning. Damn. That's what they said about her? Like, oh, she was fucking up the, uh, the name. Yeah, so what does that mean? the dude's name. I can't pronounce the dude's name. And if I tried to pronounce the dude's name, I would have probably fucked it up too. I'm sure she right. practiced it. Everybody wants to jump on everybody for everything. Yeah, but I'm saying, what did they say... About her, like what, like it was disrespectful, you know, it, it just the, the the normal bullshit. It became like a, you know, uh, when you, when you're trending on Twitter, enough people are talking shit about you mm-hmm. to Damn. to make it into a thing. Just like my girl Erica Badu, she did a full interview. Now, first of all, if you follow and you're a fan of Erica Badu, you know she's a she's a like a one of a kind thinker. Like she's gonna speak her mind. She don't take no shit. She's thoughtful. Yeah. She's insightful. She's not going to give you what you think you're going to get from Erica Badu. All right? Yes, that, that, that's part of the beauty 
of somebody who is an artist who you you feel her pain. You feel right. her, you know, everything about her in her music. She she made a comment, something about like, I see the good in everybody. And then I think it was sort of sarcastic, but basically what she was saying is I see the humanity in everybody. And like they and somehow it got on Hitler and she said, mm-hmm. you know, I I could see some good in him. And then right. she sort of backtracked because she made a joke about him being a good painter. She didn't say anything other than that. And again, Erica Bad do this, Erica Bad do that. Shut the fuck up. It's like every two minutes they want to find somebody and drag them down. And it's only celebrities. I wish these people that were coming up with the articles would start showing their faces, giving us some insight into their background so they could be dragged. And and, and, and you could have a fine-tooth comb run through everything you say and everything you've done in your entire life and your existence. It's ridiculous. I mean, they just trying to like, like it's like it's a witch hunt. It's like a witch hunt for 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 like just a who whose career can we end and for what reason? Right, right. So, but but anytime you mention Hitler, anytime when, a when non-Jew it, mentions Hitler, yes, when, because every Larry time, David, Larry can't David, mention it. um, uh, Sarah Silverman, myself, Woody Allen, all sorts of Jewish comedians, we all make Hitler jokes all the time, all the hey, fucking time. That's you're Jew. You guys are Jewish. But that's like saying Quentin Tarantino shouldn't have made Django Unchained. I don't agree with that. Now, listen, if you say certain things, you 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 might have to, you know, you might ruffle feathers, but but she wasn't even making a joke. She was just making a comment. And it doesn't mean that if white people make jokes about black people or if white people make jokes about Asian people or Hispanic jokes or me- Mexicans, it's just like, you know, we have to be able to, like, in, re- in regards to comedy, specifically comedy, we-, we have to be able to poke fun at each other and it doesn't have to be taken as like, you know, like, oh, Erica Badu is, she's this, she's anti-Semitic. Shut the fuck up. Of course not. She's not that. And I understand exactly because I read the piece, but man, in, in reality, you cannot... A, a non-white person, a non, uh, uh, not a Jew, cannot mention that uh, that man's name in any in, in any regard because it's going to be taken as that. So if you got if you on you toe in the line where you say Hitler and you saying it in a good you know sense, like he was a good painter, they're going to run with that because that's fucking uh, headlines, and we're going to sensationalize that. So. Don't jump in the quicksand with that shit. That's what I would advise. Right. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's just like we're in such a climate right now where it's like everybody's just looking to bury the next person. It's like, who's the next person whose life we're going we're gonna to ruin? Like Casey yeah. Affleck, who I don't know what he did. And let me tell you something. You know, people, you know, he, he sort of, I think, I, I guess... Uh, a couple of years ago, he was accused of some sort of sexual harassment or something like that, and he paid some girl. Yo, sexual harassment could be, I don't know what his situation is, okay? And, and, and obviously, we talked about Aziz and Zari. He got nominated for a SAG Award the other day. He didn't show up. They announced <laughs> his name. No one clapped. Casey Affleck, who won Best Actor last year, he just pulled out of showing up to the Oscars. I'm not saying sexual assault is anything to fuck around with. Again, you have to keep saying it. I've said it three times just this episode. Yeah, it's a bad thing, man. It's like, it's a fine line, man. And, uh, you know, I support all those women that, that you know, that, that had things like this happen to them. So I want to say that first. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting all That's that. That's the fourth time we've said it. It's like you have to say it. It's like you have you to have say to. it five times. Otherwise, you're gonna, they're going to try to come after uh, me and G. Moody. Last name rhymes with duty. Yeah. Don't come after me, man.
I love women. <laughs> um, this seems to be a, a, a trending thing in 2018. Um, as you know, I've talked about it many times. You saw my video. I don't fuck with coyotes. I don't like coyotes. I'm not comfortable being around coyotes. The first house I lived in in Los Angeles was in the hills of Los Angeles, uh, which is obviously a residential neighborhood, but it's the hills. That's why it's called the hills. Um, And there's plenty of coyotes up there. And I'll never forget one time I was coming home from dinner and it was dark and a coyote ran off my roof, jumped the fuck down about 10 feet, ran right past me and grazed past my leg. Scared the shit out of me. Okay, I don't fuck with coyotes. I've seen Mm. coyotes walk the street like gang members. Like, what are you doing here? Like, they have that that swag. Like, who is you? Okay? (laughs) So when I see a coyote in my neighborhood, I'm not comfortable with it. When I see a coyote kill a cat and walk off with it like shit is sweet, I'm not comfortable with it. And in Connecticut, a family in Connecticut watched as a coyote came out of the woods grabbed their Chihuahua Jack Russell Terrier mix and took that motherfucker into the woods and ate his ass. Now, the little kid was there. Now, imagine you, you, your little Jack Terrier. I don't know what the dog's name is, Bobo or Woody or whatever the fuck his name was. Imagine you see that. This is why I don't mess with coyotes. They are killers. They're not playing around. It's not like a, like a, like a bunny rabbit or a lizard or anything like that you see in the woods. It's not a deer. It's none of that. As a matter of fact, deers are cute. I've seen deers. That's not for me either. My mom lives in Jersey in the sticks. I see a deer. Like, I, I, I'll stop in my car. I'm not getting out of my car. Who knows what's going to happen? You don't know what's going to happen if you get out of the car and there's a family of deer. They not might right. run away. They're most likely going to rape. Who's to say they're not going to turn around and get crunk? You don't know. Hey, it's, it's nature, though. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you want? He's doing what nature programmed him to do. I so agree. It's your, but, it's your job. To protect your dog when you see the coyote, instead of running scared, it's your dog. You love your dog. You see the coyote, you you protect the dog. And and the it's owner. my job as a person to not be around any of it. I don't want any problems. I don't want okay. I, I don't want any of that work with that coyote. And speaking of nature, uh, a snake lover. He loves snakes. Mm. He had a, a, a pet python named Tiny, an eight foot. Yellow Python, guy named Dan Brandon, 31 years old, was found in his home choked to death by his beloved eight-foot pet snake. I don't fuck with any animals that you cannot beat in a fight. I say it once, I'll say it a million times. I'm sure this poor bastard thought Tiny was just coming on him to give him some love. Well, your snake doesn't love you, Duke. Suffocated, my man. They Damn. found him dead. Snake was in the crib. Can you imagine? That's Yo, that's the guys that have him all around their neck. Yo, man, that's a risk. Like, when you roll the dice like that, that's a risk. It's not like you the, 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 the animal, you know, knows what he's doing. You're just lucky he didn't strangle your ass before. Exactly. <laughs> and if you're sleeping and he's like, oh, the tiny loves me so much, tiny wants to sleep with me. Right. Nah, Duke. Nah, and Tiny doesn't talk, see? Right. I don't know. That's a risk. You roll the dice, you come up craps. Here's another, yeah. another, this is again, like I love animals, but I don't mess around with wild animals. 
in Longwood, Florida, a quiet neighborhood. For some reason, I don't know why, turkeys are like in, out and about in this neighborhood, and they're like, you know, they're they're terrorizing children. They're they're damaging cars. They're they're, they're mm. pecking at them, and they're scaring the shit out of the kids. See, this is why see people do let the animals live. You want your kid to be uh, jumped by a pack <laughs> of crazed turkeys in, in Longwood, Florida? Go ahead. Since you love the animals so much, go ahead. Put right. your three-year-old out there with the turkeys and see see if they're like you know all family friendly. Them turkeys right. in Longwood, Florida, they're not playing with you. Wild turkeys. That's what they're called. The NBA All-Star Game teams have finally been figured out. I mean, I'm glad that they split it up this year. Um, it was the fans voted for the first five players from the East Co- East Conference and the first five players from the Western Conference. Then the coaches voted and the players voted for the next seven players, 12 players on each team. And then LeBron James and Steph Curry, because they had the most votes, get to pick from the pool of those players in like a pickup game. The shit's really confusing to me, uh, but yeah. it, but it's it's all been laid out and done with. I, I didn't know what was going on for about three days with this, but it, it's finally done and set. And hopefully, this will uh, encourage a more competitive All Star game. Because as as Gerald can tell you, last year, uh, oh. G Moody, uh, Miles, and and Jordan, they were at the game last year. And 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 what do you remember about being at that game last year? Uh it was just it was the worst All Star game. No, none of the players were interested. It was like up and down, alley-oop. It wasn't like, okay, yo, let's go at it. Let's give the people, the fans, what you know, what they came here for. It was like, fuck the fans. I can't wait till this fucking game is over. Let me get the fuck out of here. That's what it looked like on the court. Um, so hopefully this year will be better. Oh, I got something for you, man. You was mentioning football, yeah. Gerald McCoy. Yeah. Uh, XFL oh, is coming shit. back in 2020. And basically... It's it's basically going to be the like opposite of what the NFL, what they think the NFL has turned into. So I think the idea is, yo, this is football. It's not tiddlywinks. It, the nature is violent. It, the violence is why you watch it in the first place. This is fucking football. No kneeling. Uh, you're in our stadium. You follow our fucking rules or you don't play. No more Greg Hardy's. No more tolerating Pac-Man Jones. Players make more money. By winning, no politics, no criminals, and I think on that campaigning on that, I think they're going to be all right. <laughs> Let me tell you something: football isn't basketball, okay? Football is an eleven-man sport. Football isn't the G League. Football isn't the Big Three. To have right. eleven guys that are ready for prime time to play professional football, XFL football, is a lot easier said than done. Yeah, to, to yeah. get to get the the level of football. That you're used to. Like, if you go to see, like, an end one game or a street ball game, like a high-level game where, like, with all those dudes or the Globetrotters, you could see the skill level. But yeah. when you're talking about football where, like, all the positions have to be covered, like, I used to go to arena football games. It was dope. But it's totally different than regular football. I think it was seven-man teams. It's it's very quick. But if you're trying to get a, a, a sort of secondary football league and you can't do um xfl football in like oh we're just gonna do it in a small gym you need football you need a hundred yard field you need a big place and in a big place a lot of people need to show up listen vince mcmahon is smart 
I, yeah. I just don't think the the quality of 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 the football, of the Tom Brady's, of the Le'Veon Bell's, all the greatness we see, the Jared Goffs, the Gerald McCoys. Yeah, yeah, you ain't getting no McCoys. The Julio, the Julio Jones, you're not getting any of that shit. Um, yeah. and 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 it's a whole business, and a lot of money's involved, and who knows? Um, who knows? All right, I'm done. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'm out. I want to thank our special guest, six-time pro bowler Gerald McCoy of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty, and the young shooter, Dean Collins. My name is Michael Rapport. Another smash mouth. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'm out. <laughs>